If you would turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, as we continue to go through First Corinthians here together. Next week, we're going to be in First Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to slow down and we're going to take uh, three weeks in First Corinthians 13. Everyone is looking for a banner, looking for an anthem uh, right now. And we need our banner and our anthem to be Christ, and specifically his love. So we're going to slow down and look at God's love uh, for us. We're, we're going to look at what Jesus has done for us and God's love revealed and the importance of, of loving one another. So please prepare yourself for 1 Corinthians 13 next uh, weeks. We look in verse 12 as uh, we begin. It says, For as the body is one and has many members... But all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So there's many members in our physical body, and they're very different, but they're intensely unified. I mean, you can't even really imagine your body not being unified or or your body attacking uh, itself. One of the amazing things is to watch somebody function inside of the gifts that God has given them. Don't you love watching someone operate in their gifts? As we were put together in the womb, we each have unique gifts that are designed by God. Ways that God has hardwired us. Also, when we came to know Christ our Savior, He gave us spiritual gifts. He was gracious to grant to us spiritual gifts. One of my favorite quotes comes from Eric Little. They made a movie about him, Chariots of Fire. But he was planning to go be a missionary, but he decided for a period of time to devote himself to running. And his sister said, well, why are you spending so much of your time and your effort, your life devoted to running? And he said, I believe that God has made me for a purpose, and he made me fast when I run, I feel his pleasure. What is it that you do that when you run, when you operate inside of your gifts, that you feel God's pleasure? That is probably where your spiritual gifts lie. When we look at verse 12 and we think that we're many members, but yet we're linked together in the body of Christ, that is that unique place that you're uniquely designed by God to operate inside of that gift for the glory of the Lord. I love watching the worship team use their gifts to glorify God and build up the body. You can see the joy of the Lord that comes over them as they use those gifts uh, to, to glorify God. I love seeing Donnie greet people at his door, right? Donnie's our facilities director, and he does a great job keeping the facility clean. But why does he do that? Because he cares about you. But what he really longs to do is to greet you. You should have seen how tormented Donnie was when the church was closed down in, in quarantine. Like, he was just working like a madman because he didn't have you guys to be able to, to love on. But he really shines as he greets people in the love of Christ. Pastor Robert, our assistant pastor who has the gift of administration, it's wonderful to see him operate inside of his gifts, to be able to create systems to cause the work of God to run smoothly. It's amazing to see somebody who's gifted at mechanics 
and being able to figure out how something works and take it apart and make a car run or, or design things. You go, wow, you're, you're gifted by God. So where is it that God has uniquely gifted you and how do you fit inside of, of the body of Christ? We're, we're many members. Our body has, has many members. The body of Christ has, has many members, but yet we're one. In verse 13, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. So it's through the spirit of God that we have been made one body. We're baptized into one body. This speaks of our salvation. When we came to know Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit came in us, and we're part of the body of Christ. It's the Spirit of God that has brought us to this place to cause us to be one body. We all drink of the same Spirit. This morning, as we're singing to the Lord and being refreshed by the Holy Spirit, we all drink of the same well, and that's the work of the Spirit of God in our lives. This unity inside of the body of Christ breaks down division that exists outside of the body of Christ. Jews and Gentiles did not get along. Jews and Gentiles did not spend time with each other. They did not eat at each other's homes. There was incredible amount of prejudice both ways between Jews and Gentiles, but yet inside of the Spirit— Inside of the body of Christ, God has brought together Jews and he has brought together Gentiles. You may be wondering, what's Jew, what's Gentile? A Jew is someone who is from Israel and Gentiles is all of us that aren't, right? All of us that are are not uh, from the nation of, of Israel. For those that were in the church of Corinth, this would be a huge divide, but yet a tremendous unity inside of the body of Christ. The community would look on and see something different inside of the body of Christ. Also, a huge division would be slaves and free. Those that are slaves, those that are free, but yet inside of the body of Christ, there's this unity. They're loving each other. They're in friendship and and relationship with one another. Christ accomplished racial reconciliation upon the cross. He accomplished it. It's already been done. When he was crucified, when he died and he rose again, the question is, are we going to walk in it? Are we going to recognize it and choose to love one another and live inside of this unity that God has accomplished for us? There's no room for racism inside of the heart of a believer. There's no room for prejudice inside of of the heart of a believer. We're, We're one body. You know, what if my hand decided to not like my face and started started punching myself in the face. You'd say, Eric, you really need counseling, right? All this stress is really, really getting to you. So if, if we look at someone in the body of Christ for, for any reason, and we don't have the heart of love and unity for them, we've really missed what God has accomplished for us. In verse 15, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an ear, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If you're taking notes or think this through with me, write this down, is we want to resist the temptation to covet somebody else's gift, to covet their position inside of of the body. 
So what if the foot says, I'm tired of being the foot. I'm totally defeated down here. Right? It's time to call a tow truck. I want to be the hand. I want to be more seen. I want to be more, more prominent. I'm tired of these stinky socks that I've got to be in all of the time. And everybody appreciates the hand. And the hand gets some jewelry. I don't get any jewelry down, down here. I want the, the hand's position. Well, what would we be without our feet, right? Where would we be without the ability to stand on, on our feet? But a lot of times in this culture that we live in and our sinful nature is we compare ourselves with one another. The social media really lends itself that way. We tend to not put our bad moments on social media. There's probably some wisdom in that. So we only put the parts of our lives that are going good, the parts of our lives that we want everybody to see. This amazing experience, this anniversary dinner. But no one talks about maybe the argument that they got into on the way to the anniversary dinner, right? That that's not posted. And so here someone is sitting on a Friday night looking through social media and they go, oh, look, look at where they got to go to celebrate their anniversary. We went to Chick-fil-A. Man, our marriage is just really really struggling here. When, when are we going to get blessed like these guys? They were at the Mona Lisa for their, their anniversary. And then if you're not careful, you start looking at your spouse going, man, you really should step up your game a little bit, right? Comparing, comparing, comparing. And in the body of Christ, it's difficult sometimes to accept the gifts that God has given us and the function that he wants us to play inside of, of the body of Christ. And somebody else's gift looks better than our own. Maybe you have the gift of exhortation to be able to challenge somebody that necessary word that they need to hear, but you look at somebody at the gift of mercy and go, man, I wish I was more merciful. Everybody likes the person with the gift of mercy. Couldn't I have the, the gift of mercy? Wouldn't it be so nice to play a musical instrument and be part of the worship team? And I, I've tried and tried and tried, but I just can't be able to do it. Instead of saying, Lord, this is how you've uniquely designed me, and I'm going to seek to try to fulfill the role that you have, have given to me. When I first started lead pastoring, it was easy for me to compare myself with other senior pastors and go, man, I need to teach like this guy, or I need to lead like that guy. The only problem is I wasn't that guy, right? So you're a really good version of you, but you're a terrible copycat of somebody else. Maybe this is what you need to hear this morning is stop trying to be somebody else. Stop coveting somebody else's gift and press into the gift that God has given to you to, to use it for his glory. Verse 18 but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. So God is, is the one that has placed you in the area inside of the body of Christ as he's pleased. And so this is the second thing to, to meditate upon is thrive where God has placed you. So not only resist the temptation to covet someone else's gift, but understand this is bigger than ourselves. God has placed us inside of the body. God has given us the gift that he wants us to use to build up believers and reach 
unbelievers. Psalms 139 tells us the knowledge that God has of us. That he formed us, that we're fearfully and wonderfully made in our mother's womb. There's never been anybody like you in the past. There'll never be someone like you in the future. Even inside of your family with your siblings, if you have siblings, same parents but very different personalities, right? Because you're uniquely created by God. His thoughts towards you are more than the sands of the sea. He knows when you rise up and you sit down, he knows your thoughts from afar off. So it's not happen chance. When God created you, it's not happen chance. When he saved you, he gave you spiritual gifts and and he's placed you inside of the body of Christ for a specific reason. And thrive there. Use that gift to glorify the Lord. Say, Lord, this is what you have called and asked me to do. And maybe you're in that place where you're saying, I don't really know what my spiritual gifts are. I don't know what I'm, I'm gifted in. Seek the Lord on it. Say, Lord, would you reveal my spiritual gifts to me? Would you reveal to me how I'm wired? You probably know to some degree, right? Man, I really enjoy doing this. I really enjoy helping people or listening to people or I'm good at fixing things or, man, I feel like I can communicate and maybe God has given me the the gift of teaching or I'm terrified of getting up and speaking in in front of people. That's the last thing I I would want to do. But, man, Lord, I think you've gifted me in this way. So when we're coveting somebody else's gift and coveting someone else's life, We miss out on what the Lord has asked us to do and to thrive right in the midst of where he has placed you. In verse 19, and if they were all one member, where would the body be? How effective would the body be if it was just one big ear or one big nose, right? So inside of this unity that we enjoy in the body of Christ, there is a great diversity. Think about how diverse your, your body is with ears and eyes and kidneys and a heart. And man, the, the list just goes on and on. And the nervous system, amazing discoveries are continuing to be made about the body that the Lord has engineered and the Lord has, has designed. So, so don't fight that diversity. Don't fight the fact that you're different than, than other believers, that you've got unique gifts that God wants to use. Let's not fight this inside of the body of Christ as a whole. God raises up individual local churches to look differently than other churches. Why? Because he wants to reach more people. What if Vanguard Church, Kitty Corner to us, was just like Rocky Mountain Calvary? What if Discovery Church right, right behind us was just like, like our church? What if we were just like new life? And we're like, okay, this, this is what we've got to be. We've got to be new life church. I'm so thankful for the pastors that we have uh, in this city. Through this COVID challenge, we've been texting each other, praying for each other, meeting together through Zoom, right? Talking about how we're handling the different uh, restrictions and, and walking through this. We've got awesome churches in our city, and I love that. I love that. Pastors and leadership teams that love the Lord, that feel that freedom to be who God has designed them to be. What I've observed about churches 
is usually all churches will have a few areas of great strength, and then they'll have some weaknesses. Because we're made up of flawed, sinful people. And why is it that this church is so good at worship over here? Or, or this church over here does such an amazing job with outreach? Or, or this church really shines in, in teaching? That's the Lord. That's the Lord taking his body and making it diverse so that he can reach more, more people. So it would be extremely dysfunctional if the body was one member, that it was the, the same, that God wants us to be different for his, his glory. In verse 21, And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Third thing to consider is that we need one another. We need one another. How is it even possible for one member of the body to look at another member of the body and say, we don't need you. We don't need you. We're completely dependent upon each other. In this illustration that Paul's giving to us of the body, Jesus is the head. So we're taking our marching orders from from Christ. If we focus on one another, we're going to get off track. We focus on Jesus. What do you want me to do? I'm serving you. But then realizing we've got to be connected to each other. We've got to depend upon each other. We need one another. In order for us to receive from the body of Christ, we've got to be connected to the body of Christ. In order for us to be able to serve and edify the body of Christ, we have to be connected to the body of Christ. I think that the enemy in the midst of the COVID virus is trying to get the body of Christ extremely isolated. It's one of Satan's tactics always with believers is to get us isolated. Because if we're alone, we're a lot more susceptible temptation. That should be better. That's one of the worst sounds on the planet, isn't it? It's kind of like fingers on a chalkboard. So if we're isolated, then we get to a place where we're susceptible. One of my concerns is, is after the COVID virus passes, right now it's, it's completely understandable to be at a place where you're staying home, you know, and if, if you're staying home and worshiping with us on live stream, man, we're praying for you and we completely understand. But here's my concern, is once the COVID virus is, is done and the restrictions are done, there will be some people that have gotten out of the habit of being connected to the body of Christ and will no longer continue in fellowship. It'll be a habit that, that's lost in, in their life. And then they'll settle for a live stream. And live stream will then replace the human interaction with believers. That, I think, is a big loss to, to the body of Christ. Live is a tremendous tool, but even if live stream becomes your Sunday morning, you have to press through that in time, again, we're talking after COVID virus is done, and say, I've got to fight to be in relationship with believers. Don't we right now, in the midst of all of this, have to fight to be connected to believers? But isn't it still possible? Isn't it still possible 
to be connected with believers and to have fellowship together. You can still go in the mountains and go fishing, and you can do that with other believers, right? You can go hiking together with other believers. If you feel comfortable, you can have believers in, into your home. One thing that's nice in the current environment is you can go to a coffee shop. There are a few coffee shops. That, man, my life got better when that happened, right? You can sit down with someone and, and you can have a cup of coffee. You probably have a phone with you right now, and it works. You could go old school and call somebody. They probably won't pick up, but that's okay, right? Text them, FaceTime, but say, man, I have to be connected to believers. And however the practicals uh, work out, you know, maybe joining a small group or launching new small groups in the fall, it's this commitment. It's this commitment, understanding from God's word, I need to be connected to the body of Christ. I am dependent upon the body of Christ. God is going to minister to me through the body of Christ. Other believers, they need me in their life to be able to encourage them. Over a hundred times in the Greek New Testament, the New Testament is written in Greek, there's a word that we translate into two English words, one another, and it's used a hundred times in the New Testament. A hundred times. It's impossible for us to live out our Christian life without being in relationship with one another, without being with with believers. We're dependent upon each other. We absolutely need one another. Paul then begins to talk about the weaker parts of the body and how the weaker parts are necessary. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need, for God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks. This is part of the way that God created the body. Are we clear on what the unpresentable parts are? Do I need to define that for you? It's not your pinky toe, okay? It's the part of your body that you treat with greater modesty. And the part of the body that you treat with greater modesty also has the ability for reproductive life. That's the way God is, has designed the body. So it's small, it's unseen, it's created with greater modesty, but yet has this tremendous capacity for creation, for a child to be able to be born. So what's the lesson here for us in this? It's that you may feel like, man, I'm a weaker part of the body. My gift, my function inside of the body of Christ is, is not seen. I don't feel appreciated. And Paul's saying there's greater value to what may be perceived as the weaker parts of the body of Christ. I think those that serve in unseen ways are going to be the heroes of heaven. Where they didn't get the thank yous. They didn't get the thank you cards. They didn't get the attaboys and the pats on the back, but the Lord sees. Jesus told us even if we take a cup of water to a child in his name that we're going to be rewarded openly in heaven. And oftentimes the things that are seen by people and we receive our praise of men, that's our reward. But the things that people don't see, God sees and he's going to reward openly. I want you to think about your body for a moment and some parts of your body that there's such a, a small organ that has such an important function in your body. M many of you know that 
in April, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And type 1 diabetes has everything to do with your pancreas. Prior to April 17th, I knew nothing about my pancreas. I couldn't even tell you where my pancreas is located. You know, how much do you know about your your pancreas, right? So type 1 is an autoimmune disease where your immune system attacks your pancreas and your pancreas stops producing insulin. And without insulin, you can't stay alive, right? So now for the rest of my life, I'm, I'm on insulin, taking insulin shots. I'm thankful for that. that. That's keeping me alive. So here's this small organ in my body called a pancreas that I knew nothing about that I never said thank you to for 42 years, right? But now I'm very aware of my pancreas. I'm having to be my own pancreas, right? And, and, and control this, this insulin. So if your pancreas works well, I want you to go home and thank the Lord this morning, right? But it's such a small member. And so don't think that you're not significant inside of the body of Christ, that you're not significant in our church, that you're not significant in the life of of other believers. God has great value on every part of the, the body of Christ. In verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. There should be no division in the body of Christ. There should be no hierarchy. There should be no, well, this is a a greater part of the body, and this is a lesser part of, of the body. When we divide as believers, who bleeds? Jesus bleeds. If we're fighting with believers, we're fighting the wrong battle, right? Husbands and wives, if we're fighting with each other and destroying each other with our words, we're fighting the wrong battle. If we're tearing our kids down, we're, we're fighting the wrong battle. If we're dividing with believers because believers see something differently that's not a, a doctrinal issue of, of salvation, that we begin to argue and fight because we have differing opinions, especially with all the things that are, that are happening with, with COVID, we're fighting the wrong battle. So, so Christ bleeds when the body of Christ is, is divided. In verse 26, And if one member suffers, all of the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all of the members rejoice with it. So we are to rejoice with one another and suffer with one another. If a quarterback throws a touchdown pass, oh, to be able to watch the Broncos this fall, we'll see, Right? But is it just the right arm that rejoices? Or does the quarterback's whole body rejoice? Jump up and down, right? The whole body does. So if there is a, a member in the body of Christ that is being blessed, man, congratulate them. Rejoice with them. That's so awesome that you, you got a promotion. That's so, that's so fun that you got a motorcycle. I hope that you're able to, to enjoy it, right? Man, cool. The Lord blessed you with a, a new home. Rejoice with them. Oh, God's using you? Oh, awesome. Praise the Lord. God's blessing this church over there. Praise the Lord, right? It's, it's honoring the whole body, rejoicing with those who rejoice, but then also suffering with those who, who suffer. If you have a really bad knee injury, your whole body's going to slow down until that knee injury heals. So when another part of the body is suffering, let's slow down and weep with them. Let's pray for them. Let's see if there's practical things that we can do to be able to, to help them. We suffer with each other. Church, this is one of the joys of being connected with other believers. 
If you're not connected with other believers, who's going to rejoice with you when you got good news? Who's going to suffer with you when you're going through a hard time? If we wait to be in relationship with other believers until we're in crisis, oftentimes it's too late, right? When that crisis hits our lives, and it will, when our life hits the fan, we want to be in relationship with believers, believers that know us, that are going to reach out to us and walk with us as we go through those challenges. Oftentimes when things are going well in my life, I'm tempted to say, I don't have time, as bad as this is, to hang out with other believers. I'll, I'll skip my Friday morning men's accountability group, right? That's what I'm tempted to do. But then when things are going difficult in my life, I'm like, man, homeboy needs some prayer, right? You know? And so we got to know that those tough times are going to come and say, I'm going to be consistent in fellowship even when things are going well in our lives. And then isn't it a joy when it's our turn to be able to care for someone who's suffering? Sometimes we're going to be on the receiving end, and sometimes we get to be the one who cares for, for someone else. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and members individually, continuing to point out this unity and diversity. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, and third teachers. These are offices of leadership inside of the church. They're not greater than anyone else. It's just a role that God has given inside of the church. And after that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administration, variety of tongues. Last week, we talked about miracles and the gifts of healing. We're going to talk more about the gift of tongues as we move forward in 1 Corinthians. So helps and administration. What's helps? Helps is meeting that practical need. If your furnace is broken or some of your plumbing needs to be fixed in your home, you don't need a prophet. You don't need an apostle. You don't need a teacher. You need somebody that knows how to fix it. Somebody that has the gift of helps, that's good at being able to work with their hands. I think this is how my dad is gifted, how my dad is, is wired. He'd tell you he's not one that wants to lead a Bible study. He's not one that wants to get up and do preaching and teaching. But he's able to see a need in your life and come alongside of you and help you and help you be able to, to, to fix it. And it's a tremendous gift that, that God has, has given. Administration is thinking of systems and organization to help things be able to run smoothly. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts and yet I show you a more excellent way. The obvious answer to these questions is no. We don't all possess these, these gifts. This clears some things up about speaking in tongues, doesn't it? Is every believer going to speak in tongues? I don't think so. Just like, is every believer going to have the, the gift of teaching? Seek the Lord, see if the Lord would give you the the gift of tongues, but I don't think speaking in tongues is the evidence of the filling of the Holy Spirit. The evidence of being filled with the Spirit is the fruit of love. Having agape love, being marked by God's love in your life. So that kind of clears up that, that issue. It seems like 
with tongues, there's some that are like, man, everybody has to speak in tongues. And then there's others that are like, no, tongues has ceased for today. It's not a gift that God uses. I think it's a gift that God still uses today, but he gives as he wills to particular believers. We're challenged in verse 31 to earnestly desire the best gifts. Well, that's kind of odd. What's the best gift? It's the gift God's given to you, right? That, that's the gift that you want to seek after to say, Lord, I believe your word that you have placed me in the body. I believe your word that you have gifted me. So I want to earnestly desire the gift that you have given to me. Then what's this more excellent way? It's love. It's love. It's our anthem. It's what we're going to study in 1 Corinthians 13. Because you could know your gift and use it really well, but if you don't have God's love, it's going to be destructive instead of constructive and being used by the Lord. So here's the challenge as we wrap up this morning is in order to bless the body and receive from the body, you got to be plugged in with the body. So where is our own personal commitment to the body of Christ? To to the body of Christ. And I'm not just speaking of Rocky Mountain Calvary. The body of Christ as a whole. Because the body of Christ is a lot bigger than Rocky Mountain Calvary, isn't it? It's believers saying, man, I am committed to blessing and receiving from the body of Christ. We struggle with this in our culture prior to COVID, right? So busy, so isolated. I'll take in a message, but I'm not necessarily in relationship with believers, our relationship with people in general. Hopefully one of the redemptive things that comes out of COVID as we see the value for human relationship. We see the value of spending time with each other because it's been removed from us. Wouldn't it be awesome if going forward this kind of hit the reset button in our hearts and our lives? We go, wow, I really need to be with people. God's designed me to, to be with people. And this community is so valuable to the Lord of believers. This is God's mechanism of how to reach people that don't know Christ their Savior. As believers spend time with each other and love each other, unified with one another, meet each other's needs, the people that don't know Christ go, man, you've got something different in your life that I don't have. You've got a group of people that really love you and a group of people that really care about you. So allow God to strengthen us to cause us to be committed to the body of Christ, committed to being in fellowship, committing to serving one another, but also receiving from one another. Would you stand with me and let's let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you have designed us uniquely, that each of us have a unique personality, a unique way of looking at the world and processing things, unique gifts that were hardwired into us at at birth, unique spiritual gifts that you have, have given to us. And Holy Spirit, would you just awaken those gifts inside of us? For those that may not know what their spiritual gift is, Lord, would you reveal that to them? God, for those that have set aside their spiritual gift and it's gone dormant, that you would awaken up that, that spiritual gift. Lord, would you protect us from discouragement? Would you protect us from from isolation? I pray specifically for those that are listening on the live stream right now this morning, that they would feel your love, 
that they'd feel a part of what we're doing here this morning. Lord, and in time, as we get over this COVID virus, that we would come back strengthened in our commitment to you and to one another. So we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.